Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 26 of Jock Talk. And all I can say is I hope you're prepared to be dazzled and entertained for the next little bit. Because we're having another one of these late night bonus episodes. Because your Texas Rangers... Are world champions. Let that sink in for a minute. All that stuff about game six in 2011 with the Cardinals, you can wipe that off the map. The Rangers win their first championship, and uh, we're here to tell you all about it. What's up, dog? You all right? It's late, man. It's late. <laughs> Hell, I ain't. I don't think I'm gonna. Da- I don't think I'm gonna dazzle nobody right now. But all right, you you supposed to be popping champagne and bouncing around, man. Yeah, in my mind, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and there's a little room in my head where I'm popping champagne and, and all of that right now. <laughs> hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know if you're involved in an accident and it's somebody else's fault, and you're not at home. I mean, you're at a business, you're at an apartment complex, you're somewhere away from your home, and you're involved in an accident. and It's not your fault. What you need to do. It's pick up the phone and call Greening Law, 972-934-8900. All you really have to do is tell them your situation and see what they say. Because the consultation is free. It doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone, give them a call at 972-934-8900, and tell them your situation. They'll ask you a few questions and either add you as a client or wish you well. Let me tell you, if they add you as a client, it's been your lucky day, point blank, period. Your lucky day, because they'll walk you through what can be a really intimidating, long, tedious process. Um, It can be scary. They will, though, be your beacon in the dark. They'll tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to hold still. They'll answer questions, check this out now, that you didn't even know were supposed to be asked. They'll set up doctor's appointments for you. They'll find specialists for you. They want you focused solely on rest and renewal. Get your body right. Get your mind right. Because you've been through a trauma. And let them do the heavy lifting for you. Doesn't really get any better than that. To me. Uh, they don't get paid. Unless you get paid. So you never have to wonder about. Whether where you are on their priority list. How important you are to them. You're number one to them. Because they don't get paid unless you get paid. It's a. Uh, it's, it's something where. They look out for you. 972-934-8900. Uh, but once again, you ain't got to take my word for it. You can look up greeninglot.com, go to the website, and see for yourself all the good things that they've done. You can see what other clients are saying about them. You can see the types of th- the ways they help clients and make up your own decision. Uh, but as far as your Texas Rangers, man, 63-year drought ends for the organization that began as the Washington Senators in 1960. And uh, I put this on Twitter, and I'm at JJT underscore journalist. If you get a couple seconds, go to Twitter, man, and listen 
to Eric Nadell's final call, the final out, where uh, Josh Spore strikes out uh, Marte on a called strike three. And just listen to the emotion in his voice. Listen to the pain leaving his voice. Because, you know, he's done the Rangers for about 35, 40 years. He's seen a lot of bad baseball. He's seen a lot of heartbreak where they were one strike away twice from winning the championship in 2011. Listen to all of that leave his voice, and it will give you chills because you can feel how um, emotional he is about it, what it meant to him as a broadcaster uh, who's wrapped so much of his life into Texas Rangers baseball. Um, it's, a, it's a really moving thing. So if you get a chance, listen to it. Um, I'm going to tell you all something, man. Eric Nadell, Matt Harrison, Jared Sandler, uh, and uh, you know, they're terrific at what they do. They're so good that when I was on my way out to the star today, I actually listened to their broadcast of uh, the second and third innings when the Rangers blew it open uh, last night because uh, the delay is too much on the TV. It gets on my nerves. Uh, but anyway, listen to that. And feel the pain leaving uh, Nadell as the Rangers do something that, uh, you know, he only dreamed about in fairy tales. Um, the Rangers, with their 5 nothing win, joined the 1914 Braves and those amazing Mets of 1969 as the only teams to win a World Series two years after losing 100 games. Let that sink in for a minute. Bruce Bochy wins his fourth championship. Um, three with San Francisco, one of those over the Rangers. Nice got one with the Rangers. Uh, Corey Seager, no surprise here, wins his second MVP, joining Reggie Jackson as the only man to win two World Series MVPs with two different clubs. So uh, why not why not uh, Douglas Garcia? Um. I mean, I'm sure he would have got some votes, but if you look at uh, the last two days, uh, Seager played a huge role in, in, the, uh, in the wins today. Gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> in the win late today and in the win yesterday. And uh, had Garcia played, it probably, and if he had done his normal performance, it probably would have been a toss-up okay. to whether one of those two would have gotten it. But I don't think there was any doubt that uh, that Seager was worthy of this, of uh, winning the MVP, and if and you know I li- I like to preface these kinds of comments by saying we're splitting hairs with greatness, so this is right, not a criticism right. of anybody. Yeah, but Garcia doesn't get a chance to hit the game winner if your boy doesn't hit a two run homer to tie it up right. in the bottom of the ninth. Right. So, but again, we splitting hairs with greatness. Yeah, I was asked, so that's why I passed it. Passed the question on to you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. That's all. Um, and Seager, I mean, Seager's just, I mean, dude's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's. Fun. I've seen a lot of professional athletes. I've seen a lot of sports, and I say this with with the utmost of respect for professional athletes. I've seen so much, uh, been blessed to see so much, that I'm not easily impressed per se because I've seen a lot, and so. When I started throwing plaudits out there about this dude is, I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, he is truly phenomenal. And I ain't breaking no news. I mean, he's two-time World Series MVP. But when you see him all the time and you see it up close, you're just like, wow. I mean, somebody be that good at what they do 
all kind of pressure situations is uh is amazing when you get to see it up close. Uh it's money well spent for the Rangers. He's got a three hundred and twenty five million contract, ten years, and ain't nobody thinking about it other than he's worth every nickel he got. Because uh to win a championship, your best players typically have to turn in their best performances at winning time. And, dude, I mean, Corey Seager just did it time after time after time after time after time, offensively, defensively in the playoffs. I mean, you can't come up with enough words to say how good uh, good that dude is. Um, but this was a special team, man. Uh, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, and we've talked about it in other sports, um, it's about getting hot at the right moment. So if you think about the Rangers, really good home team, really good home team. Them dudes was 40 and 41 on the road during the regular season, man. And then they go to the playoffs and they go undefeated on the road in the playoffs. These boys went 11 and 0 in the playoffs on the road. I mean, it's just insane. Who does that? Nobody. (laughs) But... You know, sometimes, uh, and we talk about it in sports all the time, you get confidence, you get belief, you start to feel a certain way. Sometimes it's at home. Sometimes, in this case, it's on the road. Sometimes it's with an individual. And you just believe that you are that dude, that person, that team. And uh, the way they played on the road this year, man, I mean, in the playoffs, I mean, <laughs> there was nothing you could do with them. They won games all types of ways. They blew out people. They won taught, taught, uh T-A-U-T taught. Uh, hotly contested games. Uh, they did everything you could possibly do um, in the playoffs to win. And so uh, they earned it, man. Uh, they beat 100-win Tampa. They beat 100-win Baltimore. And then they beat Houston. And all Houston had done was win two of the last four World Series, including uh, the one last year, playing seven consecutive American League Championship Series. They ran the gauntlet to get um, to the World Series. And then they played Arizona, and all Arizona did was knock off uh, Milwaukee, which won uh, the Central Division, 100-win Los Angeles Dodgers, and then Philadelphia, which won 90 games and won the uh, American League East. So um, there's nothing fluky about the Rangers championship. They won it. They beat all the teams that they should have beat or were supposed to beat. They had a very difficult road to get there. And when you look at it, man, uh, and I talked to some guys when I went out there uh, last week for a media day, this team just has such incredible resilience, man. There were so many different times during the season where they could have had a pity party, felt sorry for themselves, and, uh, you know, just kind of gave the season away. Uh, they had chances to quit, and people would have would have accepted their excuses and every time, man, they were just like, nah, bump that. We're going to come back and fight a little harder, play a little harder, play a little better. Uh, you know, and I, I talked to, a matter of fact, I was talking to Robbie Grossman about it. I said, I'm going to be real with you, dog. Yeah, I said just like that. I said, I didn't think y'all were cooked when Houston came in and beat you, swept you in three games and outscored you 39 to 10. I thought you still had some life left. But when you went to Oakland and lost that first game in the next series, I was like, yeah, I don't know. They look cooked to me. I said, but, man, somehow y'all gathered it back together. And next thing you know, you put a winning streak together and you're back in in it. 
And uh, he was saying, we just got a bunch of professional ball players who just show up every day focused on today. We don't worry about what happened yesterday. We don't worry about what's coming up. Doesn't matter whether we won two to one or whether we got beat ten to one. The next day is an opportunity to show up, play a good brand of baseball, and go back go back about our business. And that's Robert Grossman talking about that. But they take the lead from Seeger and Simeon, the five hundred million dollar middle infield. Those guys play like that every every day. They just show up and go do their thing, man. No matter what happened the day before. And so, uh, you know, it's a very impressive ball club, man. Sound, it sounded to me like they solid all the way through. I think we you talked about that where the GM, the manager, yeah. Yeah. And, and the players, everybody accountable, yeah. everybody solid. Uh, you got yeah. a leader, you got a, you got a manager that's been there, done that. That, that don't, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you got to give leadership its props, man, when it's right. You know. Uh, you make a good point. What they have is complete alignment, and that's hard to find in the most organizations. Mm-hmm. Everybody pulling on the same road. Everybody pulling on the same direction. Everybody want to play the same type of way. Um, and, again, when your two best players, Simeon and Seager, are kind of flatline guys who just go about their work and get their work done and do their thing, they're leaders by example, um, you know, you just kind of fall in line behind them. Like, and somebody said this to me more than once, and it's not a criticism of anybody. It's just the way that this particular team went about its business and played. You know, baseball is starting to have more fun, which is good because it's such a stick-in-the-butt sport for so long with these unwritten rules and all this other stuff, man. Well, you know, people got to, you know, like in football, in college football, everybody's got the turnover celebration. You know, you got the turnover chain. Yeah, the chair, the throne. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got all these gimmicks and stuff. Yep. That's just their way of having fun. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Not, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Well, in baseball this year, everybody started coming up with their home run celebrations, you know. Uh, and I think it's with the Angels, you know, you get to wear a big sombrero when you hit a homer <laughs> or some, somewhere else you, you put on a robe. I mean, yeah. they just having fun, and that's okay with me. Well, the Rangers didn't do none of that. And it wasn't that they looked down their nose at other people or said, well, what are you doing that for? It's just that's not the way this particular team was built. This particular team was show up, go to work, play the game, go home. It's really boring, but efficient. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Adolis, Adolis got a lot of swag. Well, uh, Yeah, they're they, not doing the celebration, but that right. swag is there. Uh, and it, it, it became much more pronounced during the playoffs. Yeah. Now, he has a good time during the regular season, but the point is they don't, you know, Adolis on this – most of this team is built much like, much more like Simeon, I mean, uh, Simeon and Seager than it's built like a Dolus. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you can, you have, know, a everybody you can can't, have a couple. You can have a couple, yeah. Everybody can't beat Michael Irvin. Right. That's right. That's right. You know? That's right. And, you know, you need most of them. And, this, and if, you're, if you're a Cowboys fan and you haven't followed the range that much, this team is basically built like Troy. And yeah. then a Dolus is kind of like your only Michael Irvin character. Yeah. Yeah, you got to uh, have one. And that's a good. That's oh. a pretty good. That's a pretty good analogy right there. Pretty good example. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yep, Michael Irvin. Uh, yep. And then you know your your manager, Bruce Bochy, has been there, done that, man. He's taken three teams to the World Series. Uh, he's now won his fourth, and uh, 
you know, he never panicked. When they went through that stretch where they lost 16 and 20 in August, that dude never panicked, man. Never went crazy. Never uh, never blamed anybody. Never just said, ah, you know. I, I mean, he was just flatlining the whole time. Uh, now, the one thing I found interesting was at one point he asked Marcus Simeon, he said, hey, you're struggling. You look like you're worn down to me. I'm going to give you a day off. This is August. Now, you got to understand, Simeon, played 162 games three of the last four years. And he played 161 in that other year. <laughs> He's played more innings than anybody in Major League Baseball since 2018. He don't come out of the lineup at all. And here's Bochy saying, dog, you look like you, you run down to the nub. I'm going uh, I'm to I'm give you a day off. And Simeon said, Respectfully, when I need a day off, I'll ask you for one. And Bochy looked at him and said, oh, okay. Put his name back in the lineup as leadoff hit and kept on, kept on going. But that's Bochy understanding the moment, man, and understanding the player and understanding that it was important for that particular player to show up and perform every day in an era where what, man? We talk about load management all the time or giving guys off for this or that. Uh, and so Bochy understood this team and they followed his lead and as you mentioned a couple times when you didn't want as much as he's won why wouldn't you follow him <laughs> why yeah. wouldn't you just be like alright dog if you say so it must be true yep you know but when you talk about resilience man they had six all-stars there's a reason why they had the best record or one of the best records in the American League heading into the all-star break and they were on a record setting offensive pace and then in the second half of the season, man, all six of them cats who were on the All-Star game, they spent time on the injured list. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons why they suffered in August after starting the, the month with eight straight wins is they didn't have a team together. Um, and so they just trying to, to just maneuver through injuries and, uh, and everything else. Uh, but they, they managed to do it. They had a late streak uh, and got to the playoffs, man. And uh, once the playoffs starts a new season, there's a lot of consternation about uh, the celebration they had. I think we even talked about it after they made the playoffs. And some people were like, oh, you shouldn't celebrate till that after was, you win the division. That was Houston. Houston talking yeah. noise. But, that's a, you know, that's a good rivalry right there. I like that. So, yeah. And we talked, we talked about it in the sense of, well, if you've been to four World Series and seven American League championship games, then getting to the playoffs for you is not that big a deal. Not at all. So you don't need to 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 have a little celebration just to make the playoffs. Well, you look at the Rangers. They ain't been in seven years. They ain't never won no championship. It's a big deal for this particular club to make the playoffs. They just lost 100 games. So it's important for this team to make the playoffs. And so to me, I was never caught up in the celebration because they lost the next day. It was one nothing. It was a well-played game. They just happened to lose this baseball. Uh, but then they had to travel all across country to Tampa to start their playoff journey. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how they got to the World Series. Uh, that's what it meant. Texas Rangers 5 nothing over the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to get into the game in just a second. First, though, I want to piss my boy Big Joe and the Big Rig off. 
It's coming, dog. You got my word. It's coming. Oh, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta believe I'm gonna get something to be pissed off about it. I'm not, at this point, I don't believe. So it's, oh, it's okay. Well, it's I coming, mean, dog. Yeah, it's, you can't, it's coming, man. It's I'm not, coming. I'm not, I'm not easily ruffled like that. So I don't know. I gotta, I gotta believe I'm gonna get something. It's coming. To halfway man, ass dude. miss something. I ain't mad. Oh. You know, it's all. Well, jam session bowl is coming to to Tarrant County. Roger that. We'll yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I don't know when yet, but it's coming. Oh, I, I have no doubt that it's good. <laughs> but you know, let me tell you about the Jazz Session Bowl. Now, you only know about the Jazz Session Bowl if you listen to the show because it's on the secret menu. It is not on the menu at Smokey Jobs. So you can go to the storefront over there at eighteen twenty West Mockingbird. You can look at the menu for twenty minutes. You're not gonna find it if you don't hear nobody ordering it or you ain't listen to the show. Then you don't know it exists. And so I tell people, it's always cool, man, when you walk up there and they say, hey, Mr. Hartfield, can we help you, sir? You go, yeah, let me have that jam session bowl. And other people be like, jam session bowl? Hey, where is that? Oh, uh, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Hey. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then they ask what you want. And they say, hey, probably, uh, let me see, I can have a mac and cheese base or I can have a uh, mashed potato base. Why don't you give me that mashed potato base and uh, give me the double brisket. Now, your boy here, I, I prefer the brisket and the sausage, but double brisket is all right. You can never go wrong with brisket. And then they ask you, do you want all the stuff we put on loaded baked potato? You go, yes. That means sour cream, chives, bacon bits, cheese. Now, I will be honest with y'all. Most of the time I tell them I don't want all that butter. Y'all can keep the butter. Everything else, give it to me. But that's a choice each individual got to make. Now, that's enough for two. If you got a little short, it's enough for three. Real talk. Um, if you want Smokey Johns every day, though, uh, what you need to do is go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on the marketplace, order the rub or the sauce. You have it at your door in a couple of days, and you have Smokey Johns every day if you want to. A little taste. Um, if you need it faster than that, check this out. It is on the shelves at HEB in DFW, Burleson, Waxahachie. Uh, McKinney, wherever they got HBC, Frisco, they got one out there. Wherever they got HBC, HEB, I almost said HBCU. Wherever they got HEB in Dallas Fort Worth, they got the sauce and the rub from SmokeyJohns.com. So check it out, enjoy it, send me a thank you note. It's delicious, and I promise y'all, when I take one out to Joe, uh, I'm gonna take pictures galore and fill up my Twitter timeline. With uh, the delivery and his consumption of the jam session bowl, I didn't. Uh, I didn't sign up for all that, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you had a rough day. Uh, did you watch the game? Some of the game, most of the game, none yeah, of the game. Yeah, I watched. I watched. Well, dog, I'm sitting up here watching it, and I don't want to call it the most improbable win of the season, but damn it, it had to be close because. Arizona looked like – I mean, I like the way Arizona played – I mean, came out. They were like, hey, we down 3-1. We're going balls to the wall. Uh, leadoff hitter got on, scrappy little dude, Corbin. As soon as he get on, dog, he's off and running. <laughs> like, like, we're trying to score because they, they too, were undefeated um, when, uh, when they scored first during the playoffs. I believe they were 8-0. The Rangers were 10-0. So it was always a race to get to the first run. 
so Arizona had their leadoff hitter on in each of the first three innings, dog, but they could not score a run. Uh, in fact, in the first six innings, they had nine runners in scoring position, and they simply could not get a hit. Uh, a hit that mattered, a key hit. Uh, your boy, Nathan Evaldi. Big game Nate, they called him. Now, let me tell you something, man. That dude has some big onions tonight because he clearly did not have his good stuff. It's late in the year. He's throwing more innings than he's throwing in a minute. His velocity is down across the board. So it's understandable why he didn't have his best stuff. But, dude, when it got to be runners in scoring position, it's like he, he bore down and he became a different kind of animal. So through the first six innings, Arizona's got nine runners in scoring position because Nate's given up four hits and five walks. He hadn't given up five walks but one other time in his entire pitching career in the big leagues. Did y'all hear that? I mean, he's been pitching in the big leagues like 10 years. This is the first time he's, the second time he's ever had five walks in a game. So that gives you a little a little insight into what he was all about tonight, but dude, he kept pitching them out of trouble and as long as there were zeros on the board, the Rangers had hope, man. Hope. And, uh, you know, hope will sustain you in certain circumstances. Now, Arizona pitcher Zach Gallon, that dude was phenomenal today. Through four innings, he had only thrown 35 pitches. Those are some MLB to show numbers, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because when I play, I swing at the first pitch all the time. Didn't he no hit through five or something? Oh, there was no hit through six. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here's what here's what was going on. He had his really good stuff. And the way he pitches, he's got a terrific curveball and a really nice changeup. And so if he gets ahead of you in the count, he basically buries you with one of those pitches. And the problem is you have no idea whether the curve is coming the changeup is coming, but you still got to look fastball, which means you have no chance when he gets two strikes on you. Because you got to look fastball, and then if he throw that curveball or that changeup, you you just get locked up. You have no chance. And so he was painting the corners with that fastball today. So they were really just – I mean, it, he was to the point they couldn't do nothing with him, dog. That's why good pitching beats good hitting. Um. But what happened was, you know, like anybody, they, they took a different approach the third time through the lineup. And uh, they started laying off some of those fastballs on the outside. They got in favorable counts. And then, uh, then they started to make contact. Now, who starts it off, man? It's 0-0 going into the seventh. It's frankly, I'm stunned because every time I look up, Arizona got a runner in scoring position. It's, it, it had to be only a matter of time until they got a hit. It just had to be. But the hit never came. And so Corey Seager, with that big old bat of his, ends the no-hitter with an opposite field single. Like, they had a as much of a shift as you can have these days. That's what they had for him. The third baseman was probably playing where the shortstop usually plays. The shortstop was playing on the left field side of second base, but still, you know, toward the middle. And uh, he pushed that ball over there and got on base, man. And as soon as he got on, the youngster, Evan Carter, whose heart beat probably does not go above 44, uh, he rips the double to the gap. And um, at that point, you got second and third. 
and you're like, dude, um, can they get a run here? And all of a sudden, Mitch Garver delivers a run scoring single, and they're up one nothing. And I thought, man, that that was really demoralizing for the for the Diamondbacks. Like we didn't have runners in scoring position the whole damn game. First in the second in the third in the fifth in the sixth inning. We can't get nothing home. These fools have been no hit the whole game. They get one run in the scoring position and click, he's home. So I thought it was a big psychological boost for the Rangers. Plus, they're not dumb. They know they win if they get the early lead. Um, you know, and I thought they were going to build on it in the eighth when they loaded the bases with one out, but they couldn't get that big hit that they needed. Now, let me ask you something, man. When Chapman came in the game, what'd you think? He ain't pitched worth a damn the whole time. <laughs> so, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, big game Nate gave Molly could. Six innings, four hits, uh, five strikeouts, five walks, no runs allowed. He threw 97 pitches. I mean, that's that's all he going to give you. That's That was great. That's all you could have expected. That's all you could have asked for. He had no more to give. Chapman rested. But I'm like you, dog. I'm like. Man. <laughs> well, that's the question. Have you been resting him or have you been avoiding using him? Oh, they've been avoiding I using him. I think it's the latter, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he came in and uh, he did his thing, man. He made it interesting. Uh, he got a runner on base. He walked the dude, and I'm like, dude, can you just let him hit the ball, man? Uh, but it's a runner on first with two outs because he got a big strikeout. And then they brought Spores in, and that was cool. Because sports, sports is what we're talking about, how you win championships. Explain to me, dog. Explain to me how a dude who got a 5.5 ERA during the regular season, 5.5 ERA during the regular season, why is his playoff ERA .090 or hey. 0.90? You, can, you haven't been able to touch him in the playoffs. Yeah. That dude was, was a fringe major leaguer. During the season, fringe major league during the season with a five point something ERA. During the playoffs, he's been untouchable, and so he comes in and gets the final out of the seventh. Uh, he pitches a perfect eighth, but it's one nothing, and you're like, I mean, if you're like me, and maybe you're not, but if you're like me, you're like, damn, Leclerc has pitched two days in a row. It's going to be the third day. Uh, I hope he got something left. It's one nothing. There's no margin for error. Boy, this ninth inning is going to be dicey like a 12-letter cuss word. I mean, it's just that's just the way it's going to be. But one of the things, reasons why the Rangers have won in the playoffs, man, is they got such a deep lineup. And I think you talked about this for a minute the other day, but the lineup is deep. Uh, I mean, it goes long. Like, there's no – Truly bad hitters in the lineup. You have some guys who are slumping because the playoffs, or some guys who haven't performed well. But if you look at the regular season numbers, you go, "Oh no, that guy's a banger. He can hit." And so, the bottom of the lineup delivers. Man, it's one nothing going into the ninth inning, and uh, Josh Young, who's been terrific in the playoffs, man, bangs a single. Then your boy Nate Lowe comes up, and he bangs a single. And all of a sudden, you're talking about, hey, first and second, none out. And then one of the biggest plays of the game, Jonah Heim, his only hit in the World Series was the homer he hit last night. 
Now, it was a bomb, but that, was, that made it 11-1. Meaningless homer. He hadn't done anything at the plate, really. Man, that dude rips a single to center, and I'm like, wow, they finna take a 2 nothing lead. And just as I think that, dude, the ball went right up under Alex, uh, Alec um, Thomas's glove. Yeah, it went to the wall. Yeah. Went to the wall. And I'm like, oh, my God. Both guys are going to score. They did, and it's three to nothing, and Jonah Heim is standing on third base. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Now they got breathing room. LeClerc should be fine. I think the Texas Rangers are about to win them a world championship. That's what I'm thinking while I'm watching all of this. So it's two outs now. Uh, they don't get to run home with a strikeout. Obviously, at this particular time, they're going to play with the infield in, so they get a bouncer. Not allowed Heim to score. But at that point, I'm still good with 3 nothing, and the Rangers being in complete control. You can make a couple mistakes and still win. And then Marcus Simeon, who'd been slumping the entire playoffs, slowly started coming out of his slump. Because quiet as it's kept, he had, he had a five-game hitting streak going into last night. Now, he was only getting one hit a game, but he had finally started to get some hits. All right? So he got this hit, and then he homered last night. He had a triple and a homer in game uh, five, in game four. So he had a hit tonight, and so he's up. And I'm like, well, you got to run on third, two out. They're the worst people you can have up. And damn, if he didn't bang another homer deep over the left field wall, uh, went celebrating around first place, screaming at the dugout. Here's another guy that doesn't show any emotion, just going crazy. And when they went up five nothing, I was like, "Oh my God, this a wrap!" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be podcasting tonight." Yeah, because uh, uh, we had decided, uh, you know, if the Rangers win, we'll do the podcast for you guys, bonus podcast, and if they don't, we would do a, tip, a regular uh, Thursday podcast. I got two uh, questions for you. Yes, sir. Uh, would you, as a baseball guy, do you consider hitting to be contagious? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, the Rangers have talked about this many times. What they would say as it relates to their team is because they got a – now this is the Rangers' perspective. From This is how the – this is the Rangers' approach from their perspective. They say we got a really good team. We got a lot of guys who can hit. We got a lot of unselfish guys, and so they uh, they say they and everybody says this, and I've heard several different players say it during the course of the season and during the course of the playoffs, which is we just go up there and we try to have a good at bat, and you're like, well, duh, everybody tries to have that, but no, they like we really try to have a good at bat, and if we have to take a walk, it's okay because I trust the guy behind me. To do his job Whatever his job may be And you're like Okay well what does that mean That means I'm not going If I trust the guy behind me To get the runner home Then I don't have to swing at nothing That ain't over the plate Or nothing that's not in my sweet spot I'm okay with taking a walk Right Because I trust the next guy up Is going to do the same thing And if we if we all do that as a team, we're always going to have runners on the bases. We're always going to have an opportunity to drive runs in. We're always going to have an opportunity to score 
because we just passing the baton to the next guy. Um, and then if you look at it, man, if you look at how they played a lot, they they really just did that. Like if you look at the Baltimore series, I mean, that's a ways back now. But think about I think Corey Seager walked 11 times in that series because he was just like, oh, y'all ain't going to pitch to me at all. Okay, fine. I'm going to walk. And then Garcia going to take your butt apart. Or Mitch Garver is going to take your butt apart. Or somebody's going to make you pay since you decided you don't want to pitch to me. Well, that's, that's the sign of good leadership, too, when you got guys buying into we. Oh, you know? yeah. That's yeah. what I'm telling you, man. This is, you got them buying into that. This is a really, and I don't really say this very often, this is a really special team, man. It's the kind of team, and this is what's wrong with professional sports. And it's nobody's fault. It's just the way it is. It's the kind of team where you wish you could bring everybody back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't. <laughs> we don't We don't want to break them up like the Mavericks did. We don't want to do that. Nah, but yeah. just natural attrition with free agency and other things. What we call that stupid money. Yeah. Somebody yeah. going to pay somebody stupid money to leave. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery going to get stupid money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, his money going to be so stupid based off his playoff performance. Okay, let me get that second question. Yes, sir. Did they eat hot dogs tonight or today? I think so. And I don't would, know why they would change their uh, would routine. You, would you participate in eating them hot dogs if you was on the team? Because you know you don't believe in luck. So you wouldn't have ate the hot dogs or you would have ate the hot dogs. Which one? You know what, man? I probably would have took a bite of the hot dog. Okay. Acted like I was eating it. That's okay. Then left it there. That's participation right there. Yeah, and we know your diet is like that, but that's all good. <laughs> so at least you, that, that, that's part of it. I, I thought you was gonna say, "Hell no, I ain't doing it." No, 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 no. no. You gotta yeah. act like you believe it's we. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, yeah. A, I've been part of some teams. Yeah, so, I, yeah thought, I, would... I, I thought about that. I thought about that the other day. You saying they was eating hot dogs? I couldn't wait to get that out. There. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Carry on. You so. know that that lead to a question because this is the way my brain works, man. I was a hot dog lover because uh, I could tell you when it stopped. I was a hot dog lover to the ninth grade. And some uh, some person in class did a book report on hot dogs and how they were made. And I literally have probably had about five or ten since then. Yeah. Because the project was so thorough, it just I just didn't want them no more. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> now, and it don't make sense because you could tell me, well, Taylor, Sausage is made the same way. And I'd be like, ain't nobody done a report on sausage. They just did it on hot dogs. And it messed my head up. So I haven't really had them since then. Um, So uh, as we get back on the show, that was, uh, or back on topic. Yeah. uh, From hot dogs. So Simeon hit the homer, and that thing's a wrap. Uh, Spores pitches a perfect ninth. And really, man, that seemed fitting to me because – I was literally just thinking, and I'm I'm finna sit here and see if I can do this right quick. Um, you know, cause I I want to add if I can before we get up out of here, cause it's been a long day and a late night for both of us. Uh, some perspective to what I'm trying to say, like the Rangers, they are really truly a terrific team, and so if you look at it, like you know the like. Marcus Simeon, um, he was hitting 197 two games ago. 
And in the in the two biggest games, game four and game five, he ends up with going uh, four for ten with uh, seven RBI, two homers, a triple, and uh, three runs scored. He hadn't done anything, basically, in the playoffs offensively until the two biggest games of the season, and he shows up and delivers big time. Of course, Seager's your MVP. Um, how about Carter, who shows up from AAA because Adolis Garcia gets hurt and becomes – that dude is 20 years old hitting third in the World Series and delivered one of the big hits of the game, a double that got uh, your boy Seager to third, and, uh, and he eventually scored. Mitch Garver. You know, Mitch Garver, man, think about this, though. Mitch Garver, when they signed him two years ago, he was supposed to be the starting catcher, though. They signed him to be the starting catcher. Wasn't he like a defensive catcher or something? No, he was an offensive guy. Okay. Uh, but he got hurt. He got hurt and missed out last year. And Jaime emerged and took the job. And then Garver was like, I suck at being a DH, so I ain't going to be the DH. I don't like sitting around. I can't concentrate. I don't have routine. I suck at it. And in a nice, polite, friendly way, they basically said you can either figure out how not to suck at it and play, or you don't have to play. (laughs) And so he figured out a way to contribute somehow as a DH, and he had a terrific World Series, man. Had an RBI single today, had an RBI single the game of lead the other day. He's been fantastic. And you can't even look at his batting average at 226 because that don't matter because he's been fantastic in the World Series. Josh Young, I just told you about him. He's been terrific. Uh, Nate Lowe was good tonight. He's been solid in the playoffs. Hein, you know, Leody Tavares has done nothing at the plate, but he, for a long time in two or three of those series, that dude had several important walks and he's played a pretty good defensive center field. Not much is as he messed up on. Uh, Travis Jankowski, all he did was, was replace Adolis Garcia yesterday, bang out two hits, score two runs. Um, so if you um, – I was, I was trying to see if it showed me their bench. That's just the starters, man. Uh, if you look at Evoldi and you look at the guys like John Gray who came out of the pen, uh, LeClerc who helped him win games – Almost everybody on the roster at some point during the playoff run has helped them win a game with a significant performance. And it just drives home, you know, what a team it is. And uh, they're a fun team to watch, man, the way they play the game. And so I am uh, I'm really very happy for those guys because what they did was incredible. Uh, I love that slogan, go and take it. I mean, that's to me is a great slogan, man. And, uh, you know, around here, everything is related to the Cowboys. Like, wouldn't you love for the Cowboys to have a slogan and believed in it and embodied it that said, when you're talking about the division of the Super Bowl, go and take it. It's probably a riff off the, the flag that the Texans had when they had the cannon and Mexico oh, I, wanted yeah. to take that, come and take no. it. No, it is. It yeah. is. Um, but I love it the way that they the way they took it and embodied it. Um, and you know we I think we talked about it the other day I talk about it with Clarence from time to time like when we talk about the 92 Cowboys it's more like and uh, Michael Parsons said this at some point 
like this ain't wait your turn. Like you ain't got to give other people an opportunity. You can go jump in front of them. You can go skip the line and go win it this year. You don't have to wait. Oh, they definitely did that when they went to San Francisco. That's what I mean. Like yeah. you don't have to defer and wait. Nah, go take that thing right now. You want it? Go get it. Go grab it. Go take it. And so it's cool when you see teams embody that. And so uh, I'm, I love the way the Rangers played. I love the way they approached the game. And uh, it's uh, – It's been cool it, as hell because people – I grew up in Arlington Grand Prairie. I went to school in Arlington. Right. And to see so many of my friends on social media – just going crazy about the Rangers. You know, I know these are lifelong friends. Like I said before, it used to be, hey, you buy five pounds of meat at Winn-Dixie, you get free Ranger tickets. You know, the history right, of right. the history of the Texas Rangers has been so up and down. The Jim Sunberg, Al Oliver days, you know, and you got the one gone pudge them days where they was good, but they wasn't great. Right. Uh, it's, 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 it's amazing for a kid like me to grow up with that kind of legacy and about uh, about uh, baseball, where we always got players where they was on their last leg or they was at the last right. part of their career. Like, we celebrated the hell out of Nolan. Right. But, you know, it's just one of them things. It's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, it ain't really – it hasn't really sunk in yet with me, you know. It's unbe- no, it's unbelievable because nobody saw this coming. Yeah. Like, you – and don't tell me you did. Nobody saw – I'm not talking about you, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But don't don't tell me you did. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, even the Rangers didn't say see this was coming because what they talked all about uh, twenty four and twenty five. That's when the kids are gonna come up, yeah. And we and yeah. Seager and Simeon will be established here, and that's when we really gonna do our thing. So they really a year ahead of schedule from competing. Well, that's, that's the that's the parallel with the ninety two Cowboys. Nobody yeah. nobody expected them to be as good as they were, and they were still pretty young. You know, it was still uh, an up and coming team. And uh, now that they won this title, you feel a certain way about yourself once you win a title. Mm-hmm. And on some teams, it can go left because, you know, you you get some entitlement. You don't want to work as hard as you want to write books and movies and TV shows and commercials and all of that stuff. Yep. But this team ain't really built like that. And they got uh, they have decisions on some players to make, but they got a young nucleus, man. Like uh, low – is under contract, the first baseman. He ain't going nowhere. Simeon, he locked up for another five years. He ain't going nowhere. Seager, he locked up for eight years. He ain't going nowhere. This is Josh Young's rookie season. They got control of him for another five years. He ain't going nowhere. Um, if you look at uh, left field with Evan Carter, he a rookie. They got six years with him. He ain't going nowhere. Leody Tavares is a rookie. He's six years. He ain't going nowhere. Adolis Garcia. Um, he's eligible, eligible for arbitration. But don't forget, man, he's still on his rookie deal. They got him for another four or five years, four years, I think, five years before he can go anywhere. That's your every – Jonah Heim is the same way, man. That's your lineup, dog. Well, you got the – I keep saying the same thing, like a broken record, but you got the old man at the helm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when when Andy Reid won. Yeah. Then he keep winning. Yeah. You know, you got that cachet. Hey, whatever, whatever Andy want to do, whatever both you want to do, let's do that because he a winner. You know, it's, 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 we talked about his calmness when when everything was going bad. He didn't go he didn't go crazy on people. You know, 
No, I no, love I love some good leadership. I do. I really uh, respect that. Then you look at the bullpen and the pitching staff. Um, you know, Degrom. You hope will be back in the back half of next year. You got Scherzer next year. He'll be healthy. He'll give you what he got. You got John Gray. He'll give you what he got. Uh, you know, you got pitching, man. You got some depth. Evoldi will be back next year. Uh, don't know about Montgomery, but what I'm telling you is the team is in a great shape to have won the title. And now, and we talked about this the other day, I want him to spend a bunch of money. He got rewarded for spending his money. You think now when they come and say, hey, Mr. Davis, we'd like to do this, you think he's going to say no? No, nah, he's going to be like, ah, oh, okay, sign me up. Get, a, get an owner his props for getting out the way. Yeah. I like that dude across the street because Lil Brother done won a, a World <laughs> Series. Lil Brother, Lil Brother done won a championship. Guess what? Rangers ain't going to be Lil Brother for much longer if they keep winning like that. No, nah, and their window is wide open right yep. now, man. You yep. finna, I think you finna embark on probably probably a, I would say a, a run like the Astros are on. Five to seven years where they're in a the conversation every year for being one of the best teams in baseball and having a chance to win a World Series. Yeah. How about that? The Texas Rangers, five nothing winners. They win their first World Series championship. It seems surreal to say it, man. And that's what I'm telling y'all. If you get a chance, I promise you, you can thank me later. Go find Nadell's call. I, I, I put it on Twitter, so it's there. JJT underscore journalist. But go find it, man, and enjoy it. Because uh, it's unbelievable. I took a bunch of videos that I put up uh, because it's a historic moment, man. The franchise that, you know what, dog? When you say it, and it's, it hurts, but it's real talk. This franchise, because I wrote this one time uh, as a columnist at the Dallas Morning News. Uh, I must have been at ESPN then. Uh, this has been a largely irrelevant franchise for the first 38 years of their existence. Yeah. Free, free baseball night. I mean, free, free, <laughs> free Dr. Pepper raincoat night. You know, yeah. free baseball, Louisville Slugger night, the yeah. boys' club get in free night. All of that stuff. Hey, empty stadium. You know, yeah, yeah, largely irrelevant. They had those years, those that three-year stretch with Pudge mm-hmm. and Juan, and then they went dormant again until Watts showed up, and they had the six-year stretch. And they lay dormant again until right now. So, uh, it's a new era of Texas Rangers baseball. They start with a championship. Uh, I'm happy for those guys. And they've earned it. And so, uh, you know, we just want to uh, uh, tell you before we get up out of here that uh, our friends at Greening Law make all of this possible. Uh, I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor for Jock Talk. And my boy, Big Joy the Big Red, who toughed it out tonight. Uh, Until we chat again, y'all be blessed.